Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another show to round out the five-day week as we head into what is hopefully going to be an enjoyable weekend. Got some international football to to get into and, and seeing the Nations League, some exciting games there. So I hope you do have a good weekend. And we're going to be looking into some things today regarding Chelsea in terms of transfers, obviously. Moises Casado, a lot of reporting in the last 24 to 48 hours over his interest in moving to Chelsea, his potential of leaving Brighton this summer and Chelsea growing in confidence they can get a deal done. We're going to get into that. On a negative side, and we do have to confront this, is regarding Chelsea sponsorship and the sponsorship that is likely to be on the shirt heading into next season because that kind of blew up online last night and I think I have a lot to say about it and I think that you should be concerned about it in terms of what it potentially represents for Chelsea, what it says about the current ownership. Yeah, so not the best thing to, to talk about on a Friday, but I think it is relevant to discuss on today's show. If you are new around here, want to see the latest Chelsea content on the channel, hit that subscribe button, turn those notifications on, covering all of the stuff over the summer. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in as well. Let's start with Moises Casado because we know this is the big target. Declan Rice... He's gone, basically. It's going to be between Arsenal and Man City, it seems like, for his signature this summer. So, Casado, in terms of big options, especially in the Premier League, feels like the next obvious one. And apparently, Chelsea are now the front runners to land Moises Casado, but face a big battle with Brighton over fee, which is not that much of a shock. Matt Law reporting this yesterday. Casado can leave Brighton, apparently, but the Premier League club want much more than the 70 million bid they rejected from Arsenal in January and could be further emboldened by West Ham's valuation of Declan Rice. Chelsea have not allowed Brighton's high valuation to put them off Casado and are at the front of the queue of clubs, including Bayern Munich, who want to side the player. But Negotiating a deal with Brighton will not be easy as owner Tony Bloom is understood to value the 21-year-old as high as $120 Chelsea would be prepared to allow a number of other players to join Brighton as part of a deal to sign Casado, possibly including Conor Gallagher. Despite failing to qualify for Europe, Chelsea believed that Casado would be open to a move to Stamford Bridge and that personal terms would not be an issue. Simon Johnson also reporting today uh, from The Athletic that Gallagher, it looks like, is going to be one of these players who could be uh, a battle between several clubs for his signature and could very much be used in the move for Casado. And maybe as well... I, I hope this is the the kind of sign that Chelsea are giving to Brighton is that Levi Carwell is going to be part of no deal because he ain't leaving Chelsea this summer. And I think that's a very firm thing. I think that's the right decision for Chelsea. I've said this before. I'd rather pay more for Moises Casado than lose Levi Carwell. Just on kind of some alternatives, and one of the ones that people have pointed out, um, and, and I think could be a very shrewd option if Casado money gets silly in terms of, 
Bloom really holding out for like over a hundred million, like not even just a hundred million, one hundred and twenty million, something mental like that. Onana from Everton, who I think has proven to be actually a really good addition to the Everton squad. I know they've had a really, really challenging season once again, but I think he does a lot of things that kind of feel something that Chelsea have lacked in central midfield. I remember watching him because, of course, he came in before Lampard was sacked at the beginning of last season, which feels like a very long time ago. But he, in terms of covering distance, in terms of that height, Still a young player, I think still quite raw. I think there is an erratic side to Onana that you kind of have to rein in and, and will definitely need to be sharpened. But under a coach like Mauricio Pochettino, I think he could very much um, come in and, and fill a role as well. I mean, Everton didn't get relegated, so you suspect that if Chelsea go in for him, they're going to have to pay a bit more than maybe other clubs. And he's only been there for one season, so they don't want to let, let that player go on the cheap, obviously. But just as an alternative, I don't think it's an awful option. And I know expected Chelsea wrote about this recently in terms of looking at Onana and looking at what he does, covering ground, intercepting, judging when to make a tackle. Again, I'd, I'd like to see Chelsea in this market look beyond just the obvious options all the time, uh, because... As we're going to reference in a discussion I have with a guest over the weekend that you'll see, it seems like Chelsea, when they go in for the big superstar names or big superstar fees, you know, it doesn't always work out. And and maybe in this area, uh, a player like Onana could actually offer something for Chelsea. Let me know your opinions. But I really like Casado. I keep on saying this, you know, in terms of his versatility, his energy, I, I think that sure there can be that concern that you're moving from a very settled Brighton environment that has very complex, very kind of specific instructions that he's uh, worked under and succeeded with Graham Potter and also now Roberto De Zerbi. But this is a player who clearly wants to move out of Brighton. Like he made it abundantly clear when he released that statement back in January. Brighton were right not to let him go at that point, I think for their own season. And that's benefited because they finished in a, in a European place. It feels like whether they call it a gentleman's agreement, because that, that always feels kind of a little bit flimsy. I know Harry Kane thought he had that with Daniel Levy and wasn't allowed to leave. But it seems like the the it's moving towards Casado leaving and whether that helps Chelsea in a, in a fee. But as we saw last summer, Marco Correa thought he had some sort of agreement with Man City, uh, sorry, with, with Brighton to go to Man City and it could be about 50 million. Bloom put his foot down and Chelsea ended up paying around 60 million for Marco Correa. So got to be aware of that. And I don't think this is going to be an easy negotiation, maybe in the sense that there is an inevitability that the player wants to move on. But as we saw last summer, this could drag out and maybe it's it's about Chelsea kind of looking at it and going, how much do we want to spend on this player? Are there other targets in the market that we need to move on? Because Andre Onana, I'd say, as a goalkeeper, I think goalkeeper is, is a very pressing option for Chelsea and uh, needs to be sorted. And, you know, Man United potentially with De Gea leaving now apparently are interested in Onana as well. So you need to move quickly on some of these targets. But uh, we'll see how it develops. I, I, I'm optimistic that Casado, I could see happening this summer. I really could. And I think would be a, a very good addition. And I think fills, again, the quota that Chelsea need from a central midfielder if we are to buy a new one. Does look like Mateo Kovacic is going to be heading to Man City. Ben Jacobs reporting that that deal could be as high as 35 million, which I think is incredible business given this is a 29-year-old who's been at Chelsea for a while. And basically, if we just want to look at the fees that were reported at the time, around 10 million off what we originally paid for Mateo Kovacic, which I think, again, is good business for a player at that age, um, really, and, and high wages getting off the books as well. 
let's talk about some negative things and you know I'm not someone who likes to rant but this is as close to that as you're probably going to get from me in terms of my frustrations with this so this shirt sponsorship has been something that is, it, it's loomed over the club for about a year now pretty much since the sanctions came in it was quite clear that the relationship with free had soured and even though the club like last summer under new ownership there was some talk well maybe they could change it back then but it seemed like too short a period to negotiate a new sponsor free have still got a year left on their deal we'll go through that and that will be that with free so it's been known for a long time that there'll be a change in sponsorship but you know the fact it's taken this long and there was still nothing finalized it also slightly disrupts i'm sure the launch of this new kit that still hasn't and isn't close to being released because i'm sure the club unlike last year with sanctions could have released this shirt a little bit earlier to get those sales so the fact that there isn't a, a shirt sponsor ready to go on that shirt tells you kind of a little bit of chaos because a lot of stuff has to be prepared for that so that in itself doesn't reflect very well we heard Allianz as a potential option i thought that sounded like it could have been done but last night we had a lot of stuff come out and it appears that Chelsea are now finalising a shirt deal with betting company Stake ahead of the gambling ban in the Premier League. So there's a lot to this. Matt Law reporting uh, that while a deal with Stake will be viewed as being controversial in some quarters, it falls in line with Premier League guidelines as, as new and existing agreements with betting companies are allowed until the end of the 25-26 season. The move is seen within the industry as a pragmatic one on Chelsea's part with the club's previous sponsorship agreement with telecommunication company Free ending this summer. So where to start on this? In my other work with uh, Curiously Sport, and I wrote about this regarding Ivan Tony on London a few weeks ago in terms of gambling. And the gambling problem within football is a wide and serious one. And the fact that the Premier League have moved in some ways, you know, I know with some criticism over the extent to this ban that comes in in 25-26, because although the front of the shirt sponsorship will no longer be allowed, clubs apparently can still have it on their sleeves and also still have it around the the ground in terms of advertising hoarding so it doesn't completely eliminate betting sponsorship from premier league stadiums but i guess it's a step forward so there's that you know the fact that this act has happened and there's been campaigning by groups like the big step and others for several years in terms of to really bring awareness to the problems of gambling within football and when you look at the numbers when you look and delve into just the scope of betting sponsorship in football again this is a Chelsea show but I definitely suggest I'll leave links in the description box below for some of the work I've done over this that again isn't just focused on Chelsea in terms of the numbers and in terms of how wide this issue goes so I'm not saying that Chelsea are the only problem in this I've seen some retort to the, the backlash against this potential sponsor in stake as well you know I didn't see people complaining a few years ago because gambling has been a problem in football for a very long time I think that's I don't again a, a phrase I don't like using because I think a lot of people in football media use it what about I do think that's what it is I think it's very easy and convenient to say well this has been going on for so long it doesn't mean that you can't complain about things it doesn't mean that you can't stand against things and this act would contradict the club's own stance and the club's own work in recent months firstly I'll show you this uh, headline from the from the club's website as recently as november 2022 the chelsea foundation and, and academy scholars were spreading the message of gambling harm awareness in local schools and then 
as well on the pitch at Stamford Bridge there was a, a free campaign talk more than football and Anika Johnson was one of those involved uh, a raft of Chelsea players ex-Chelsea players Hasselbank uh, Gary Cahill was also there as well on the pitch at Stamford Bridge and he said in my opinion the ban should have come in much sooner what is it that highlights a club it's the shirt sponsor you have every football fan, every kid in the world with their eyes on the shirts of our biggest clubs every single day. A shirt sponsor is a strong message. Advertising is so influential. Everybody is affected uh, because we see it on TV, billboards, on football shirts. It's become part of our everyday lives. I think the band sends out a really big positive message. So that was in conjunction with something that happened on the Stanford Bridge pitch this past season. So again, uh, contradicting Chelsea's own work here of, of raising awareness for this problem that work is good this deal would be awful there also is just the the reality and it just it's just abhorrent really to think that Chelsea would be in this situation that because of the regulations and Everton because Everton have stake as their main shirt sponsor currently you cannot sell those shirts with that sponsor onto kids so if you go online now, and Chelsea, you've pointed this out quite quickly last night. If you're looking for kits for for kids, there it there is no there is no uh, stake on it because you can't have it. The academy teams apparently can't wear it either at Chelsea heading into next season. Now I I think the irony of that is that I think a lot of adults would go, can we have the plain one too? Because I think if Chelsea released that current kit, the kit that's about to be launched in the coming months, as uh, one without a sponsor i think it would sell out because i think it's actually a very good design that's kind of you know beside the point here stake in itself has come under a lot of scrutiny in the past year the observer did kind of uh, an expose an investigation into stake.com whereas you can see here how uk gambling safeguards fail to defend online punters this is what this piece uh, quite a few months ago said until recently an obscure online betting firm stake.com which specializes in controversial cryptocurrency gambling has followed traditional bookmakers in hitching itself to the world's most popular game and football was a keen recipient of new sponsorship revenues stake has splashed plenty of cash elsewhere too a partnership with drake means his fans can watch live video streams of him gambling millions of dollars at a time stake has also spent big on sponsorship deals with ufc and formula one drivers too but an investigation by the observer had found that stake.com's lucrative and fast-growing empire may be benefiting from lax controls on customers including under 18s betting with crypto last month the observer asked stake.com whether uk punters might be using virtual private networks vpns widely available digital tools that create a spoof location for a computer to bypass country restrictions on crypto gambling stake.com said it has implemented stringent compliant processes to prevent this but in tests these processes were found to be anything but stringent using a vpn the observer was able to access stake.com's crypto gambling services from a uk location within seconds i'll leave a link in the description box below again if you want to read the full piece so there's those concerns morally in terms of scrutiny you know everton are a well-followed club but you you move to chelsea and they have stake on the front of their shirt that is going to come under further scrutiny and is going to create further criticism of an already under fire ownership you know, I just think this is a, a dreadful own goal for an ownership that already is under scrutiny and already has annoyed Chelsea supporters after a dreadful season. And, you know, gambling in itself, um, you know, it's, it's a wide problem. But it's really dispiriting to see Chelsea in what appears to be a bit of a panic move because other deals have fallen through would 
you know, open themselves up to this when gambling in the UK, in football, especially in football media, because I think it branches out to that as well, should be dwindling. And Chelsea indulging in it, even if it is only for a one-season deal, I think is, is just horrible. And I think it rightly is getting the scrutiny and criticism that it deserves. Because, you know, I just, I, I think it comes down to principles. I think it comes down to you know, what do you want the game to be? What do you want it to represent? And also the fact that gambling, you know, you just, you listen to say Paul Merson speak about it um, quite powerfully. I'm sure people watching this or listening to this may know people who have suffered um, from gambling addiction. And, you know, as well for me, uh, just kind of my stance on this, you know, I I just reject a lot of the, the gambling sponsorship that is just so present across football. You just can't get away from it, you know, in terms of TV, in terms of being in the stadium on shirt sponsors, the damaging effect it has. And not only when there's those kind of broader issues that we've seen impact players like Ivan Tony and the discussion around him, but also the fact of, of crypto, that in itself, there is, that is another can of worms. I mean, you, you get into crypto, you get into Bitcoin, you know, you get into that side of things that has prob- problems as well. And, and many people have done investigations on, on that side. It just is all very, very icky. And I just don't see what benefit reputation-wise Chelsea get. You know, if Chelsea were to reject this sponsorship, and sure, there will be a financial penalty to it, right, in terms of not having a sponsorship um, and not having that revenue. But reputation-wise, if Chelsea Foundation was on the front of the shirt for a, a year, and as I said earlier, if Chelsea released that new kit without a shirt sponsor on it, and I know kit sales aren't exactly what they used to be in terms of the importance for these clubs, I think that shirt would literally sell out. I, I think that that's the ironic thing about this, about having shirt sponsors. And if you released a kit that didn't have one, as we saw years ago with that FA Cup kit that Nike released for a short period of time, that sold out so quickly. It's not just about the kit. It's about what that ownership and what they are endorsing with a company like Stake. It, it's what it's saying about the game. It's what it's saying about indulging betting um, sponsorship um, at Chelsea for Stake, who have already been criticized for gambling that should be on the decline and now has bans coming in to prevent it further. And Chelsea, near the end, near, we're getting near to that ban now are adding another gambling sponsor to the Premier League. It just looks awful. It just looks completely awful. So I hope there can be a U-turn and common sense can prevail here. Um, but it's just, it is just bad. It's just, it's just awful and woeful to see Chelsea kind of indulge in this uh, for me. And it just, it makes you very depressed and cynical about the game. Just generally, it does to me. I don't know about you. I mean, maybe some people just don't care, right? And you're, you're entitled to have that opinion, right? I don't think you're an awful person if if you, if you this is kind of not the, the be on end all for you. But for me, I do think it's crossing a line and I also do think it just will backfire massively, as I say, on an already maligned ownership that needs to regain trust after a dismal first season. Those are my thoughts today. Sorry about rambling on a little bit, but I felt, you know, we need to cover that stuff as well because it's, it's all good, you know, talking about transfers, which people get excited about, but I think there are other things that are involved in football and, and things that matter to supporters that I think we need to, to talk about and dissect on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea and I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.